Alhamdulillah Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen Alhamdulillahi Alladhi Hadana Subulana Alhamdulillahi Awalan Wa Akhira Alhamdulillahi Fil Ula Wa Fil Akhira Wa Ashadu An La Ilaha Illa Allah وحده بلا شريك وحده بلا مثيل وحده بلا شبيه ووحده بلا وليد سبحانه عما يقولون علوا كبيرا وأشهد أن سيدنا وحبيبنا وعزيزنا محمدا صلى الله عليه وآله وسلم عبده ورسوله يا أيها النبي إنا أرسلناك شاهدا ومبشرا ونذيرا وداعيا إلى الله بإذنه وسراجا منيرا من يطع الله ورسوله وأولي الأمر من المؤمنين فلا يضل أبدا ومن يعصي الله ورسوله وأولي الأمر من المؤمنين فلا يهدى أبدا ومن يتوكل على الله فهو حسبه ومن يتوكل على الله فإن الله على كل شيء قدير ومن يتوكل على الله فنعم المولى ونعم الوكيل أما بعد Brothers and sisters, had the weather been cooperating, I would have given a longer khutbah. And because we have been out here, Salat al-Jumu'ah, on Fridays, every week, for the past 36 years, this khutbah and the next khutbah and probably one after that will be relevant to our praying here in the street not by choice but by force we don't choose to be here praying in the street but they force us to be here praying and they meaning those people who have the power and the wealth they force us to be praying here in the street. There are many ways, or at least a few ways, these whole 36 years can be analyzed or thought through. 
our effort is to think through this by relying upon Allah's guidance and the Prophet's teachings. There are ayat in the Quran that are relevant to us being here in the street, ayat that demonstrate to us those in the history of prophethood and scripture who experienced the same challenges and who had the same human nature that we have. This khutbah is an elaboration of the explanation or the words of Imam Jafar al-Sadiq alayhi salamu ar-ridwan. The first ayah, which is ayah around 174 in Surah Ali Imran. This ayah says, well, before I get to the ayah, the ayat, there are four psychological issues that impact the Muslims who are here or elsewhere. But because we're speaking about a forced Jumu'ah prayer in the street, forced by our weakness and by the strength of those who wish us no good. There are four issues, psychological issues involved here. One of them is Al-Khawf. Al-Khawf is a Quranic word. So it's all right if you, if you learn a few Quranic Arabic words. That's fine. Al-Khawf. What does Al-Khawf mean? Al-Khawf means you fear something that you know. There's a lion in front of you. There's a, someone threatening you with arms or whatever. You feel the fear inside of you. That's called khawf. Or, and you take precautions. You go on alert. The other Quranic word, and these are in the ayat that I'm going to cite. The other Quranic word is gham. Gham is the fear of the unknown. You, you have this feeling inside of you of apprehension, of danger, but you don't know of what. What is it? So that's the difference between al-khawf and al-gham. And then there's another word in the Quran, it's called makr. Makr is something like a plot, evil planning, an agenda, a conspiracy. This is called makr. And then the fourth concept in the Quran has to do with scarcity. You don't have as much as someone else or some others 
path. All of these elements, these four elements, are part of the psychology that have us coming here to this Jumu'ah in the street or staying away from it. Now, we go to the first ayah in the Qur'an that speaks about this apprehension, this khawf. This ayah is 173 or 174 in Surah Al-Imran and it says What is this ayah saying? It's saying it's it's describing the psychology of those who were told in the time of the Prophet, in our time, in the past, in the future. This is a psychological part of human nature. Some people approach you and they say, oh, but all of the people have taken issue with you. Serious issue with you. Confrontational issue with you. الَّذِينَ قَالَ لَهُمُ النَّاسِ إِنَّ Be apprehensive of them. You, the the weakest side in worldly terms, be alert and also be fearful of those who have the power and the wherewithal. This is what publicity and the media and the propaganda, this is what they are saying or implying or they want us to be influenced by. الَّذِينَ قَالَ لَهُمُ النَّاسُ إِنَّ النَّاسَ قَدْ جَمَعُوا لَكُمْ فَخْشَوْهُمْ Then what does it say after that? فَزَادَهُمْ imana. This type of threatening propaganda, what effect does it have on those who are committed to Allah? Here it is, the words of the Qur'an. فَزَادَهُمْ imana. It increased their commitment to Allah. It increased their faithful adherence to Allah. It increased their iman. فَزَادَهُمْ imana. So, Al-Imam Ja'far al-Sadiq, Basiru al-Qur'an, what did he say? Commenting on this, and th- on this group of people, they're around, I don't... 
we don't want we don't want to mention any names you can take the meaning and apply it to whomever it is applied to you know people i know you people you know people i don't know take this meaning and see whether it is applicable to that individual or to that group of people so imam jafar al-sadiq says concerning this ayah I wonder about that type of person who fears, who has fear. And he didn't take counsel in Allah's words. Enough for us is Allah. You see, in the middle of all of this, there are people who stand on principle, committed Muslims, who say, but as far as we are concerned, Allah is enough for us. We don't care about whatever type of threats or whatever type of intimidations, whatever type of procedures and measures of those who have power and wealth. said, Allah wa ni'mal wakeel. And he's the best one who re- to rely upon. So Imam Jafar al-Sadiq is saying, I wonder about those people who say, Hasbunallah, and you'll hear it, some people say it, some people are educated mentally, but they are immature practically. So they'll say, Hasbunallah wa ni'mal wakil. So Imam Jafar is saying, okay, they say that, Seeking counsel in those words, seeking some type of solace in those words. But they don't follow, he's saying, but they don't follow the words that come after that. Allah's words that come after that. فَانْقَلَبُوا بِنِعْمَةٍ مِّنَ اللَّهِ وَفَضْلٍ لَمْ يَمْسَسْهُمْ سُوءٍ What happens to these types of people? Their outcome is that they will reach a state of bounty from Allah لَمْ يَمْسَسْهُمْ سُوءٍ They were not damaged they were not even touched by any bad effects because that fear originally says well you know the the consequences of this fear is some type of damage to my life what does allah say that's what you think that's how you feel but how is allah teaching you are you Located in Allah's methodology or not? That's the first ayah, fear. And then there is the issue, that's the fear, someone you know, something you know. But how about fearing something you don't know? Al-Gham. Here's the second ayah. وَذَنُّونِ إِذْ ذَهَبَ مُغَاضِبًا فَظَنَّ أَلَّنْ نَقْدِرَ عَلَيْهِ فَنَادَى فِي الظُّلُمَاتِ أَنْ لَا إِلَهَ إِلَّا أَنْتَ سُبْحَانَكِ إِنِّي كُنْتُ مِنَ الظَّالِمِينَ 
then noon in biblical uh, translations Jonah of the fish or of the whale he took off in a state of distress not knowing I mean feeling some type of fear but not knowing how to deal with it you know some people they feel some type of anger it's interesting to analyze the psychology of these types of people so they take off in a state of anger they take off from this Jumu'ah responsibility or they take off from some other type of Islamic responsibility. They abandon, they take off. Like then noon he abandoned his responsibility. He took off. He fled. Thinking, He thought that we are incapable of proportionately dealing with him. When he was in the obscurity of the whale in the ocean or in the sea, he called out. What did he say? أَنْ لَا إِلَهَ إِلَّا أَنْتَ سُبْحَانَكَ إِنِّي كُنْتُ مِنَ الظَّالِمِينَ No deity, no authority except you, meaning Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. I indeed did injustice to myself. Imam Jafar al-Sadiq, how did he comment on this? He said, وَعَجِبْتُ And I wonder, لِمَنِ This is the fear of the unknown. وَلَمْ يَفْزَعَ إِلَىٰ قَوْلِ اللَّهِ تَعَالَىٰ And he didn't take counsel in Allah's statement. لَا إِلَىٰ سُبْحَانَكَ لَا إِلَىٰهَ إِلَّا أَنْتَ سُبْحَانَكَ إِنِّي كُنْتُ مِنَ الظَّالِمِينَ Okay, so someone says something like that. You'll hear these Muslims. I mean, these are supposed to be Muslim leaders and Muslim preachers and Muslim imams and Muslim teachers and Muslim scholars and all of this. They'll say these words just like the noon said this. Same thing. What was the outcome of all of that? We, Allah is saying in the condition of this person when he acknowledged when he ran away from his responsibility this is a responsibility being in Jum'ah prayers is a responsibility and we speak especially to those who were here and left just like then noon he was in his responsibility and he left but then after a time when he found out that he wound up in a whale's 
interior. He said, La ilaha illa anta subhanak, inni kuntu min al-zalimeen. He matured. It's sad to say that he matured when he felt his life was at its end. What happened after that? Fastajabna lah. We responded to him. وَنَجَّيْنَاهُ مِنَ الْغَمِّ And we, life saved him from unknown danger, from unknown fear. وَكَذَلِكَ نُنْجِي الْمُؤْمِنِينَ We say to ourselves, is there going to come a time when these absent without leave Muslims will return to their responsibilities. If they don't, there's not going to be any anyone to save them in the true sense of the word. The other ayah in the Quran says, this, a, this is a long discourse in Surah Ghafir. The previous ayah was in Surah Al-Anbiya, Number 88. This is Surah Ghafir, ayah number 44. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala speaking about al-makr. Plots and plans and hidden agendas and conspiracies. These are things that go through the minds of people who abandon their responsibilities. One person says, the, 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 there is many ayat here. It begins, وَقَالَ الَّذِي آمَنَ يَا قَوْمِ اتَّبِعُونِ أَهْدِكُمْ سَبِيلَ الرَّشَادِ O my people, follow me. I will show you to a path or a course of maturity. يَا قَوْمِ اتَّبِعُونِ أَهْدِكُمْ سَبِيلَ الرَّشَادِ This was during the rule of a pharaoh in Egypt. So they took issue with him. The Pharaoh, obviously, this is, once again, we encounter those who have power and wealth. They took issue with him. What did he say? I'm skipping the details here because we'd be here for another hour. But at the end, what does he, suffice it to know, there's two sides to this issue. Those who have power and wealth is one side and they're on the wrong side. And this one person, the Quran speaks to us about one person. At least here, sometimes we're a dozen, two dozen, three dozens, whatever. But here it's one person. And he took issue with the establishment of power and wealth. He says, after he knew, there's no common grounds here. وَأُفَوِّضُ أَمْرِي إِلَى اللَّهِ I relegate my affair to Allah. Allah is ever watchful of his subjects. What came after that? فَوَقَاهُ اللَّهُ سَيِّئَاتِ مَا مَكَرُوا Allah protected him from 
the damaging effects of their makar, of their conspiracy, of their plots, of their evil master plans. فَوَقَاهُ اللَّهُ سَيِّئَاتِ مَا مَكَرُوا وَحَاقَ بِآلِ فِرْعَوْنَ سُوءُ الْعَذَابِ The worst of عذاب encircled the affiliates of the Pharaoh. وَحَاقَ بِآلِ فِرْعَوْنَ سُوءُ الْعَذَابِ That's the outcome. Do we have one person? who can individually stand up to a wealth and power structure like this man and have confidence in Allah's consequence? You you answer that for yourself. I'm not going to answer it. And then there are those who... This is particularly in the area of wealth and resources. There are those who say, well, who are we? We don't have much. We're poor. Compared to those who are on the other side of the issue, those who placed us in this position, what do we have? In Surah Al-Kahf, there's the dialogue between two persons. وَضْرِبْ لَهُمْ the there's a few ayat. It begins with وَضْرِبْ لَهُمْ مَثَلًا رَجُلَيْنِ Bring to their attention the similitude, the similarities or the um, the the contrast of two men وَضْرِبْ لَهُمْ مَثَلًا رَجُلَيْنِ جعلنا لأحدهما جنتين من أعناب. One of them, Allah Subhanahu wa Taala has given orchards, two types of gardens, estates, agriculture, you name it, with all the fruits and the vegetables and the produce and the herbage that comes from all of that. Someone who is very wealthy, very well to do in life. And then there's another one who is a poor guy and doesn't have much of this world. What happens at the end? And this one, again, it's quite it has some details to it. But towards the end, it's enough to understand for our purposes here, there are two different types of individuals. One who has a lot and another one who barely has anything. He says... ما شاء الله لا قوة إلا بالله. The one who barely has anything it says, ما شاء الله. It's what Allah has decreed, meaning our conditions. You have a lot. I have nothing. ما شاء الله لا قوة إلا بالله. There is no power or force except belonging to Allah. إِنْ تَرَنِي أَنَا أَقَلَّ مِنْكَ مَالًا وَوَلَدًا If you see that I am less than you are when it comes to money 
and when it comes to offspring or manpower walada manpower nothing nothing here fa'asa rabbi an yu'tiyani khayran min jannatik my hope is that allah will in his own time give me something better than your estate your vast agricultural potentials fa'asa rabbi an yu'tiyani khayran min jannatik my sustainer i hope will give me better than what you have You see, in all of these, whether it had to do with fear of the known, or fear of the unknown, or fear of conspiracies, or fear of the lack of resources, these are, this is part of our human psychology. Thousands of years in the past, at this very moment, and thousands of years into the future, this is human psychology and because we have gaps in this human psychology we are where we are t- literally we are where we are today we ask allah we pray to allah that he will guide us and we are no longer intimidated by those who are inferior to him and our confidence belongs where it should be in the power and the resources of our sustainer of the creator of the almighty aqulu qawli hadha wa astaghfirullah li wa lakum ud'uhu subhanahu وأنتم موقنون بالإجابة توبوا إلى الله إن الله تواب رحيم الحمد لله بجميع المحامد على جميع النعم وصلى الله وسلم على المبعوث خيرا ورحمة وهدى لكافة الأمم محمد النبي الأمي وعلى آله وصحبه وسلم Dear committed Muslims, brothers and sisters May Allah reward you for your patience For your steadfastness for your consistency and for your principled position in life if we can mature out of the the brainwashing massive brainwashing that takes place that limits Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to a masjid or to a church or to a synagogue or to any other temple belonging to any other faith if we could just outgrow 
that inferior position and gain the appropriate position that we belong to vis-a-vis our creator who fashioned us and gave us the potentials and gave us the confidence to be his we can take a look at the real world now now in the past there's many things to speak about from this position of confidence being with Allah in the past week there was this tragic terrorist shooting of Muslims in two masjids in one of the countries that's supposed to be one of the most peaceful countries on planet earth I think probably all of us saw what happened this was on the internet it went viral and some people felt that this is something that is unbelievable but if we if we know those who hate Muslims this is raw hate you can't get more you can't get more hateful than committing this type of atrocious act let me say that it is something that is against any person's human nature regardless of their faith or their ideology or their philosophy or their education or their background regardless of all of that this is hate and the world is mesmerized by this event as it should be but how about the killing of millions of Iraqis and the displacement of hundreds of thousands of them in these past ever since 9-11 and before that how about the killing of hundreds of thousands of Syrians in the past seven or eight years and the displacement of millions of Syrians in those years how about placing 20 million Yemenis if we want to take the number of the United Nations it's 14 million if we want to take the information from those who are in the country there's around 20 million of them who are minutes or days away from starvation where did all of this come from 
didn't some officials say after 9-11 that we have just begun World War Four, World War Number Four? And didn't others, other officials say that this is going to be a war that is going to last for a hundred years? Where did all of this come from? Who is propagating? Who is germinating this type of strategy and this type of psychology? Who is behind all of this? Can we not ask ourselves a question like that when we are the targets and the victims of real criminals? No, they don't want us to do that. When someone's coming at you and wants to kill you, you're you're supposed to look the other way and have them kill you. Whether that is retail killing or wholesale killing. Supposed to believe, oh, nothing is happening. No, the world is a fine place. Everything is peaceful in this world. With all of these wars, 17 wars. 17 wars that are active at one level or the other in our own countries of origin. 17 of them. And what are we supposed to be saying at Jumu'ah time, at a time like this, when the taqwa of Allah is required? If there's going to be any fear, if if we're going to protect ourselves from any power, it is Allah Jalla wa'ala. That's it. Don't tell us we can't say, where's morality? Ask yourself, where, if religions are about morality, where's morality? We wonder. When we're speaking about three faiths here, the Jewish, the Christian, and the Islamic faiths. We wonder when decision makers, leaders go to these places of worship what do they hear what do their preachers or in the case of Jews what do their rabbis or sages or scholars what do they tell them there are leaders who go to synagogues what are they told what are they taught in these synagogues The same thing applies to Christians. When they go to church, the leaders, I'm talking about the leaders. I'm not talking about the average, decent Christian individual in this. I'm not talking about him. Talking about those who make decisions of war, who make decisions of genocide, who make decisions to kill on a large scale. What are they told? By the chaplain, by the reverend, by the pastor, whoever he is in that church. What are they told? What are they, aren't they, isn't it a religion of morality? Was Christ Jesus a man of the atomic bomb? Of weapons of mass destruction? Of thoughts of genocide? The same thing applies to Muslims. What are these leaders told when they go to a masjid? 
by the imam in the masjid, the khatib in the masjid, the alim in the masjid. What are they told? What's the khutbah about? And therefore, when the masjid is empty, the heads become empty. And when the heads become empty, this is the world that we see. Look. Watch. Behold. The tragedies. The heinous acts of those who have power and those who have wealth. We are Muslims. I'm not in a synagogue. I'm not in a church. I'm not even allowed to go into a masjid. Just like this one. This Islamic center in Washington, D.C. And probably if we were towing the official line, oh, they'd receive us with open arms and a red carpet. But we take a look at ourselves. This is what we have to do. This has to be in the khutbahs all around the world. Just one khutbah here and one khutbah a thousand miles away is not going to do it. The king of the land of Mecca and in Medina inaugurated this past week four entertainment projects in Riyadh, which will cost $23 billion. That is precious money that many Muslims need. And not far away from Riyadh, there are Muslims who are dying because they don't have the means to survive. At the same time, they've inaugurated very recently uh, an aerial combat center or war center in the eastern part of Saudi Arabia. You ask yourself, what's all of that about? Why are you op- right now establishing something like a central military base for war purposes? The son of Salman al-Awda, one of the scholars that was thrown into prison by the Saudi misrulers, his son said that his father was not permitted to attend the court session in which the judge or those who are called judges or whatever they call themselves in that kangaroo court were contemplating passing the death sentence against him. They have him in their prison, they wouldn't bring him to court and they're passing judgment on him in his absence. What's Islamic about this? Forget about Islam for a minute. What is fair about this if you're just an average thinking human being? Then we have the list of the billionaires in the world, Forbes or whatever, comes out with every year with a list of the billionaires. This year, not one of them from Saudi Arabia is mentioned in that list, unlike all of the previous other years. What does that tell you? What's going on with resources that belong to the Muslims? It doesn't belong to a family, doesn't belong to individuals, royal individuals. 
Lockheed Martin, one of these. Have you ever thought about it for a moment? There's military industry here in the United States. Has any does any has anyone ever seen any pictures of them making bombs? Making fighter killing planes? Making all of these weapons of mass destruction? They're not around. They're here. They're there's it's a big industry, but it, it's as if it doesn't exist. They want to hide something? Only a troubled conscience would want to hide. Let us look. Let us see. What are you fabricating? What have you? What are you making? No, they don't want us to see that because we're going to see with our own eyes where the problems of the world are manufactured. So Lockheed Martin got about one billion dollars. The first payment, one billion dollars for that THAAD missile system to protect the royal thieves of Arabia. Human Rights Watch. You would think Muslims from their masajid, from their meetings, conferences, whatever, they'd be speaking about human rights in Saudi Arabia. No, it takes Human Rights Watch to tell us what is happening to Muslim women who are championing their rights in their own country, who are behind bars, mistreated, physically abused, tortured, raped. Muslim women raped by those who pray and fast and pay their 2.5% of zakah and go to Hajj almost every year. That's what they're doing. And then a Saudi council, the one who issues visas, he arrives in Damascus to begin to issue visas for Syrian pilgrims to go after several years of not issuing these visas. Now they're back. Al-Qahtani, this guy, this right-hand man of MBS. Had the assistance of Israeli spy technology. Using that spy technology from Israel to spy upon Turkey and Qatar. وَلَا تَجَسَّسُوا وَلَا يَغْتَبْ بَعْضُكُمْ بَعْضًا أَيُحِبُّ أَحَدُكُمْ أَنْ يَأْكُلَ لَحْمَ أَخِيهِ مَيْتًا The in the Quran says وَلَا تَجَسَّسُوا Who's listening to the Quran? Those who claim that they are Humat al-Haramayn al-Sharifayn The custodians of the two harams in Mecca and in Medina And they, these ayat are recited in the kingdom. And they broadcast these ayat all around the world. And at the same time, they are in defiance and in violation of these ayat. 
spy technology, European spy technology is still going to that kingdom. And when Muslims are silent, what do they say in a khutbah like this? What do they say in the khutbahs around town? What do they say in the khutbahs around the world? If they're not raising the consciousness of Muslims to seek criminals who are hiding behind Islamic rituals. This is what keeps on happening. A news item. Israel gave technology to the, for the Saudis to keep an eye on those who oppose Saudi Arabia in foreign lands. That includes here in the United States. There's an invitation from Bahrain for the Minister of Economy and Industry, the Israeli Minister of Economy and Industry, to participate in one of an international conference called Startup Nations Ministerial in Bahrain. All of this is happening on our watch. The Minister of Culture and Sports and Science, Israeli minister, visited Abu Dhabi months ago. The Israeli Minister of Transportation went to Dubai. The Israeli Minister of Transportation and Intelligence went to Oman. They don't want us to know this, or they don't want us to concentrate on this, because our consciousness of this will impede their final act, which is recognition of each other. These Arabian statelets, they want to recognize Israel. For the first time, Kuwait is thinking about establishing an electronic wall between Kuwait and Saudi Arabia. Why should there be an electronic wall when Allah is saying that committed Muslims are brothers of each other? They're proving the opposite. Allah says one thing, they do something else, the opposite of what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is saying. The World Bank, listen to this, the World Bank said $900 billion, almost a trillion dollars were spent on wars in Arab countries in the past eight years. Doesn't Allah speak to us about financial responsibility? Doesn't he speak to us about al-mubadhireen, al-musrifeen? إِنَّ الَّذِينَ يَكْنِزُونَ الذَّهَبَ وَالْفِضَّةِ Aren't there ayat in the Qur'an that deal with this issue? Why should they be off our radar? The Israeli flag now is in the sky of Morocco when one of their judo teams participated in sports there. And then Ibn Zayed, the crown prince of the United Arab Emirates, suggests to Washington that there should be a plan to assassinate, a secret plan to assassinate 
figures of a Taliban. We're not pro-Taliban. That's one of their instruments that they used there for many years. But when they want to dispose of their instruments, they don't have any Islam in them that says you are not permitted to think about assassinating other Muslims. Allahumma arina al-haqqa haqqan warzuqna tiba'a wa arina al-batila batilan warzuqna ijtinaba wala taj'alhu multabisan alayna waj'alna lilmuttaqina imama Allahumma ahdina fi man hadayt wa'afina fi man afayt wa fi man tawallayt وبارك لنا فيما أعطيت وقنا شر ما قضيت فإنك تقضي ولا يقضى عليك وإنه لا يذل من واليت ولا يعز من عاديت تباركت ربنا وتعاليت فلك الحمد على ما قضيت نستغفرك ونتوب إليك وصلى الله على محمد وآل محمد بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم والعصر إن الإنسان لفي خسر إلا الذين آمنوا وعملوا الصالحات وتواصوا بالحق وتواصوا بالصبر ومن أظلم ممن منع مساجد الله أن يذكر فيها اسمه وسعى في خرابها أولئك ما كان لهم أن يدخلوها إلا خائفين لهم في الدنيا خزي ولهم في الآخرة عذاب عظيم إن الله يأمر بالعدل والإحسان وإيتاء ذي القربى وينهى عن الفحشاء والمنكر والبغي يعظكم لعلكم تذكرون ولذكر الله أكبر والله يعلم ما تصنعون وأقم الصلاة قد قامت الصلاة قد قامت الصلاة الله أكبر الله أكبر